Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. I'm George Rosas. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Hey, this is a fun episode for us. It's our 100th anniversary. I mean, our our 100th podcast. Yes, we've been doing one podcast a year and we're on our 100th. We've actually made it through 100 episodes of our Working Matters podcast. And we have our special guest, our behind the scenes producer, George. Say hi, George. Hello. Yeah, I'm stepping out of the booth today and I got a microphone. That's right, because we're going to have some fun today for our 100th episode. We're going to be talking about work and non-work things. In fact, we're going to talk about whatever we want to. And I think we're going to have some fun together. Yep. We're starting off today our topic of some top things that we find in dysfunctional workplaces. What just doesn't work. Everybody knows it doesn't work, but certain people keep trying. That's right. That's right. (laughs) So we're grouping this with any pet peeves we may have about the workplace so that our Working Matters podcast is complete about workplace advice. I think people will enjoy listening into what will probably be just a really good therapy session for us. (laughs) That's right. As we vent. So I think George is going to start us off today with one of his pet peeves in the workplace. Sure, I can start. This actually came about in an earlier podcast, and this is the rule guardian, who is the person who walks around the office looking for things to complain about that people are doing that are against the rules. Oh, yeah. But it's not the boss. It's It's not the the boss. boss. It's like your coworker. And this person has absolutely no responsibility (laughs) over this. No, no, that's right. It has nothing to do with what they're working on. Let's look into the psyche of this crazy person who wants to... (laughs) Guard the man, as it were. (laughs) I don't know. You know those guys who ride the police-looking motorcycles down the freeway, and they're wearing the cop-looking helmet and the cop-looking uniform, but they're not cops? Mm -hmm. That's kind of this personality here, you know? They really want to be someone they're not. Now, do they break the rules? Of course. I would argue that by (laughs) making sure I follow the rules, they're breaking the rules. They're not doing their job. They're not working. They're not working, and they're, they're not respecting that you have authority in your area and that you're accountable to someone else altogether. Yeah. Now, if by any chance you are that person and you're listening, we might suggest that you quit this attitude <laughs> before <laughs> it's off, too late. Or turn off your uh, iPod, either way. That's right, because today we're not going to be helpful people. <laughs> we're not going to be helpful to those that annoy us. No, no, nor are we going to be understanding, nor will there be any helpful tips <laughs> yes. for how to improve. Yep. We are just going to vent. Well, this guy sounds like an idiot. Or she, whoever this hypothetical person is. It might be a she. It might be a she. might be. That's right. We're protecting the innocent and the guilty, of course, just so that we don't get sued. No, I think it can be safely said that's a gender-neutral attribute. Mm -hmm. Well, my pet peeve is the stupid boss, the dumb Uh boss. The dumb boss. And how does this dumbness get acted out? Well, let's just say, in a previous workplace environment, I had a boss tell me, oh, I'm going home because I'm bored at like 11 in the morning. Mm. Well, I still have tons of of work to do. Yeah, right in front of the person who he works with. I'm bored. (laughs) I'm going home. He just forgot the second part of the sentence, which is working with you. (laughs) Or maybe he was joking around, but that was a particularly bad day. So don't tell your employees you're bored at work when you have nothing to do. Too much information. That's right. Mm -hmm. I I don't have enough to do. I'm leaving. But make sure you get that three weeks worth of forms processed by the morning. Yes. In today's economy, telling someone you don't have anything to do at work is probably not a good idea. It's not a good idea. No, but these bosses, their favorite line when they want to interrupt and break into something is, you're not doing anything, are you? That's right. Where does that come from? Oh, no. I don't know. One, it's a rhetorical question, so it's really a statement, making their starting assumption that you're not doing anything. But you are at work, and most of us are doing something. So it is a really strange um, line to be as common as it is. I mean, that's really common. 
You're not doing anything, are you? Is that a pet peeve of yours? I guess so, because I'm not going to let it go. You're not doing anything, are you? <laughs> That's a dysfunctional workplace. That your is, boss is that asking is. you that. <laughs> I'm bored, need to go home, and there's three things I need to hand off to you. You're oh, not doing anything, are you? It does always strike me how many people complain about their bosses. Do you ever notice this? And either, if we're the boss, we're thinking, am I an idiot? Are people complaining about me? Or are do truly people in management lose some sort of connection with their employees. That's what it seems like. I mean, I can't believe they're all roving idiots. Lots of companies have a policy where the boss is not allowed to socialize with their mm. people they're in charge of. Ooh, a policy. What happens is you only see your boss when they're telling you what to do or telling you what you did wrong. And you don't see them as humans. You just see them as someone who's in charge of you, like a nanny. And of course they mess up. I mean, we're all human, yeah. but you never get to see them be able to say, oh, I messed up. And be real. I mean, you just right. get a facade. Well, the whole reduction of leadership to just those two things, telling people what to do and blaming them when they mess up, misses the whole point of everything. We're about helping people with ways to come alongside people to get things done. So that's where when people get promoted and they have this new, these new responsibilities and they reduce them to those things, they think, oh, I got to get people to do their jobs. And, you know, they shift it like, they're, like they're, everyone else is the enemy and they're trying to get away with not being there. So what's the first thing that happens is your employees start protecting themselves from you and they are resisting you. It's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes, telling people what to do when they already have a job description. That's another little flaw in the logic there, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's not good. I think you should do this part of your job description today. Yeah, it's strange. Well, I thought with some of them, topic of those dysfunctional places, we can kind of tell a little bit about ourselves and some of you know, for our listeners to kind of get to know us better, what we like and what we don't like. And so I thought we'd bring up your favorite thing on earth, Carl. I am afraid to ask because I was thinking if we're talking about ourselves, how can that be in the same sentence as dysfunctional? <laughs> oh, I guess that's my dysfunction. I'm sitting down. I'm braced. I'm ready. I don't think anything will slip out of my mouth when you reveal to me. Your favorite you're thing to. is American Idol. Oh, God, yes. And okay. we've talked about it. No we've shame there. We've talked okay. about it on the podcast. <sighs> I thought you were going to bring up Cher or Celine Dion or something. <laughs> well, I was going to bring up Celine Dion, but I thought, why why, why go there? Oh, yeah, American Idol. Well, I didn't it's know both about my Cher. favorite and the Cher. Well, Cher was when I was 13. Okay. And she was attached to Sunny at the time, so it was a little safer to uh, pretend she was mine. <laughs> but she has transformed her personality several times since then. And face. And face, so doesn't quite hold the same attraction. Though I do think she's a fabulous actress. Well, we can definitely draw some dysfunctional workplace parallels with American Idol. Why don't we just jump right in? Because here we have about one of the most delightful shows to watch on Earth, somehow hosted by the most um, incompetent MC out there. He has absolutely no, and we're talking about you-know-who, has no connection with the contestants. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? I yeah. agree. I mean, you never feel like he knows the contestants. And yeah, you just kind of can stand next to them week after week, saying disconnected, insensitive things about them. Do you think that he says the insensitive things or the producers make him do it? Well, mm -hmm. I got to think it's him because he is several weeks in a row now. Okay, honestly, I can only remember two. But at least two weeks in a row now asked only Anoop, and he's asked him two weeks in a row, do you really think you have a chance at winning this thing? Well, you know, there's 9, 10, 11 contestants on these weeks at the time, and he can't keep straight in his mind that he's asked this one person this question twice. <laughs> and it's a, a particularly uncomfortable contestant to ask this question of, because really there's no chance Anoop is going to win American Idol. Anyway, so what's your point? You know, it's like He's always in the bottom, too, right? He is struggling. 
he's got a very winsome personality, so I think he'll be around for a while. Back, you know, to Ryan's thing, he Brian he gets Brian's thing. Oh yeah, yeah, I got this lisp, and <laughs> I just randomly drop certain letters. You know, he can't keep one straight from the other. You know, or he gets too locked in, almost like an autistic child. Whenever he's talking to one of them, there's only a certain conversation that they can have. Anyway, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's, a partic- it's, he's particularly bad at it because, really, that's my job. Are you going to defend him? No, but I get the feeling that he's in the role where he's having a martini up until two minutes before they start taping. And oh. he just runs on stage, and it's almost like a robotic. He and gets reads there, the lines. Reads what strikes the lines, me. Which he's pretty good at that part, yeah. I, I guess. He's good at the impromptu. Yeah. He does have some talent. Isn't he like your total stereotype of the buffoon boss, though? I mean, that's why I thought about it. Because I knew we'd talk about idiot Brian. And he is, he's like the guy who would tell you, the boss who would tell you, I'm going home, I'm bored. Why he well, part of it famous? Is, he's like a multimillionaire. Yeah, I don't know how he got so famous. I think he feels like he's not replaceable. And therefore, mm-hmm. he doesn't have to work that hard. Yeah. No, then you got to work harder because you got to really be at the top of your game all of the time. Because you are on this premiere show and you are the model of the MC. Anyone th- remember Brian Dunkelman? No, who's that? He, oh, was the, he was the original co-host of American Idol. And Season one, was, there was two of them. And his name was Brian Dunkelman? Yeah. Well, not only was that unfortunate, but if you watch any of those replays, which they've done on some late night channel for a while, he does make Ryan look good. Brian? Brian was, look good. He was... Brian makes the other was, Brian. Brian with an eye makes Brian with the Y look good. He was not a good host. No, you he know, didn't smile. And it is his true that once was, you start seeing other shows like that, that Brian, he has some talent in this area of impromptu hosting. Yeah, I think one of his weaknesses that works against him is he does not understand comedy. So when he gets in his little tiffs with Simon, he tries to be funny, but it always backfires on him. He just doesn't understand the comedic moment now to make that work, nor does he need to, but he just never stands a chance. It doesn't matter what he does. It comes back and bites him. I guess I do enjoy that part. Some of that humor on that show is almost on a subtle level of adult nature, where if I had kids watching the show, I'd almost get a little uncomfortable. And it's actually a little homophobic. Shall we say? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, on both sides of it, homophobic and homoerotic. I mean, they're got this thing going about who likes who (laughs) is it ryan who's after simon or simon who's after ryan i love that it took a hundred episodes to say the word homoerotic by the way (laughs) by the way it's brian i don't know who the other guy you're talking about is brian having trouble keeping anonymity on this uh great issue we have here yeah that's where these two topics do overlap is the homoerotic in the workplace But we haven't figured out a good way to approach that yet. So I think until we do, until we do, um, I think it'll be a great contribution to those who stand too close to their coworkers. But we'll have some helpful tips. But until then, maybe we should avoid it. We should avoid the topic. Okay. Until we can do it sensitively and do it justice. That's right. Because ordinarily, we're respectable people truly trying to help others. But right now, we are... um, F. Brian in our sights, and we're going to take him down. Well, I got to tell you, my one of my pet peeves in the workplace is the person who, like, you try to help them out, but they're very protective of their job. So, for uh, instance, they're like, don't do my job, but you're just answering a phone that they didn't yeah, pick up. that they didn't yeah. pick up. Because they interpret it as that they aren't doing their job. Right. They're not interpreting it as help. Right. So they don't say thank you. And well, you get right. the op- opposite effect. That's funny. Because then when they do need help, 
Are you going to help them? No. No. Because you're going to expect the same response. I'm so never like, going to answer their phone again. Or the um, assistant who answers the phone, so-and-so there. Oh, no. He doesn't waltz in here until around 10 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> is, this, is this from personal experience? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. In other words, not reflecting well on those whom you are representing to the uh, clientele when they call in. I'll give you a quick one. I got a quick pet peeve. Okay. People who eat other people's food in the lunchroom. Has that ever happened <laughs> you to you? You mean like in their refrigerator, they take oh, yeah. it out? That's even not only inappropriate, that sounds a little disgusting. Yeah. Is it even like labeled and they take it? Yeah, every place I've ever worked has had issues with people eating out of the fridge. Uh-huh. Food wow. that wasn't theirs. And putting your name on it doesn't help. No, no. It, it, it would assume that people would be respectful if they see things that aren't theirs. Yeah. I did have somebody stealing someone's Diet Cokes in the mm. workplace once. Oh, that's a tough one to protect. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like putting your name all over the can. <laughs> Don't touch. I think the only thing is maybe if you had fruit, you could put a little sign on it saying pre-licked. <laughs> the Diet Cokes, I Help could almost stuff. understand. Yeah. But a half-eaten piece of pizza... That's you know. revolting. It's a little weird. It's a little weird. That's Sometimes weird. I wonder if we really got to know our coworkers, what, <laughs> what would we feel about that? Like maybe that yeah. line is okay not to cross, the yeah. personal slash professional line. Exactly. Where did it get into somebody's head that when you see something in the fridge, oh, somebody brought this for me. Yeah. Oh, what a kind, nice people I work with. Yeah, that's a good one. That's funny. Why people do that. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. You're listening to a special broadcast of the 100th episode of the Working Matters Podcast, presented by Bold Enterprises. Join the conversation at boldenterprises.com, where you can personally connect with Carl Edwards and even start your very own goals journal. Welcome back. We are celebrating our 100th podcast today, and we've been talking about some things that make up dysfunctional workplaces and some pet peeves and and interspersed it with some random conversation. And we're having a little bit of fun of it because we're just celebrating today. We're having fun because we've been enjoying serving you and talking about workplace issues and bringing our angles to it. And today we're just going to let all that go and um, be irreverent and inappropriate and make fun of just how crazy we all are when we get to work. That's the hope, at least. We hope we're not annoying our listeners. Well, that'll be our own dysfunction. They'll they'll, they'll be out there thinking, I wonder if they think they're funny. (laughs) Because they're not. Because they're not. And today, actually, we have George joining us. Say hi, George. I finally got in the microphone after 100 episodes so I can say something. Although I was in a podcast series about technology. That's right. So I got the chance to do oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you haven't listened to that, you get to hear all about George's addiction to technology. Yeah, in a f- couple of months, my phone contract will be up. So I'm investigating cell phones right Ooh. now. And this is a big topic for me. Now, you know? you're not going to keep the iPhone? I might not. Ooh, never know. What George happened? is my early adopter who I watch yeah. carefully. That's right. To he find tests, out what works and doesn't work. Yeah, and, he tests um, everything. Well, there's a phone coming out in a couple of months from Palm called uh-huh. the Palm Pre, uh-huh. which is a competitor to the iPhone. All new, but it has a keyboard. A physical I thought they keyboard. were um, competitor oh. to the more to the BlackBerry. Well, it's sort of in between. You know, it does all the music and movie stuff, but then it also has you know oh. the messaging and the keyboard. I really hate typing messages on that iPhone. Because of the touch keypad? Yeah, there's no keyboard and it's all on the screen. And it's very difficult to type out a message. And it tries to help you out. It's not, not the greatest. Favorite. I thought, wow, that's like um, 
George, I heresy. Yeah, That's like, you're are you allowed to do that? Are you allowed to be an Apple person and not love everything they do? Well, I could still keep my iPhone, just turn off the phone part of it and use it for other things. Like an iPod touch? Yeah, but I won't be able to make calls on it. But uh, you're yeah, still this, investigating. This palm phone looks really nice. All right. Oh. Yeah. So that's what's on my mind right now. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. not really a pet peeve, but that's okay. No, that's well, that's this technology stuff. My this pet is. His. <laughs> oh, you have a pet peeve on it. I think too? my pet peeve is that there's so much information months and in some cases a year in advance of things coming out, and so you feel like you should never buy anything because oh, if you just wait two more months, oh, three more me. months, it'll be cheaper. It'll be cheaper, and something else will be around the corner. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, keep waiting. I still my laptop so old they don't even have parts for it anymore. Oh, I can't even get one. a battery. Well, I'm not going to get a new one. I don't want to spend extra money right now. I would love a new one. I would love things to be instant. They used to be instant on mine, but you know, anytime there's an advance on technology, everybody writes software to take all that space up. And then those of us who thought we had something new suddenly are running a little slower. Mm-hmm. So I just envy people like George who save their be- money better, pennies better than I do. And well, he has no kids. Can get it right when it comes out. No teenage daughters. I have no, no offspring. Teen- Carl no offspring. has three teenage I have daughters. three helping me spend money. Two who are about to and be They're in pretty college. good about it, too. That's true. Two in college. We're very good with money. I don't want to say that. But that is a few more people at the table, isn't it? That's right. Who need pasta <laughs> and bread. That's right. Yeah, well... I'll get a new one someday. But now I'm going to be watching your phone choice because when I have to upgrade mine. He's going to say, you want to sell me your iPhone? (laughs) So here I'll encourage you to get the other thing. But don't most people have a drawer full of electronic gadgets that they stopped using? Well, my husband has about two drawer fulls and a couple of storage boxes full of. Cameras are his big thing. And they survive the move? Oh, they don't get thrown away and they survive for years on end. They survive the move. I thought for sure, well... Okay, we could have been there for you. George and I could have been there for you in the move. There could yeah. have been one box that disappeared. Yeah. 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 I, you know, who knows how. Put a special marking on it. Yeah. yeah. Just go and away. Just, somehow it didn't yeah. make it to the new place. Mm-hmm. For our listeners, my husband and my daughter and I just moved to a new house from yes. a one-bedroom apartment where we've been saving our pennies to buy a house for the last seven years. Yeah, so you don't get to hear about too many people in this economy actually saving their money and buying something. So No, yep. You are a model we, of what can be done. And I'd like to say that I'm the only person at this table who is not a great American landowner. Yeah. So we're going to have to fix That's that. That's true. Soon. Claudia, yeah. we're the landed gentry. Yeah, we're the landed gentry. That's exactly <laughs> how I like to think of it. <laughs> Even though I'm the only one who works on my land. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You have the visiting landlord who comes in and says change everything that's right that's right (laughs) no i don't know that it's like that (laughs) let's make up false things about each other's families i keep bumping the table i'm sorry for the noise it's okay can you edit it out of course just like i edit out the dogs all the time (laughs) you do yeah I do. We have. Uh, I have this two. is the only sound studio that has dogs available. George has. If you two want a dogs. more natural sound of your stuff, I recommend it. Can you tell us about the dogs, George? Yeah, I have two dogs, and they're both fairly young, less than two years old. And a, it's a constant issue because uh, our recording studio is, shall we say, impromptu. And so I think it's very professional. <laughs> thank you. But every now and then I have to edit out sounds of dogs barking. 
or birds chirping. The or, neighbors. Yeah, or the neighbors with power tools. Yeah. The neighbors yeah. with power tools is particularly a constant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We get it done, and I don't hear too many complaints about the dogs barking from yeah. listeners. So Those are your kids, though. You, those are your offspring for the time being. Those are my offspring. Yeah, yes. you enjoy sleeping and uh, yes. going to movies whenever you want. Yes, I enjoy being able to go anywhere at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's something true. lost on some oh, of us now. Just because it takes 45 minutes to pack yeah. up and prepare to do anything at That's all. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a change. Yeah. My favorite is when you're right out the door and somebody poops. Mm-hmm. Mm. And you're like... There's nothing like going through a doorway to encourage that. Yeah. Uh, and Or it has to movement. go to the bathroom, I'm sure. And so then you have to... You know, drop the purse, drop the bag, get everything out, you know. Yeah, well, wait till she can actually communicate better. Then she'll wait till you're in the car and you've driven a ways before announcing that she needs to I go. I to poop, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for our listeners, we have talked about my daughter, Anna Sophia, who is one and a half, and she's something else. Is she already one and a half? She's one and a half, Unbelievable. Yeah, she, this month, she turns one and a half. Unbelievable. She's already yeah. smarter than I am. She's very smart. Her favorite thing is to say, what's that? Mm-hmm. And she doesn't accept any answer at face value. No. What's no. that? She also says no. No, the infamous no. Wait till she learns mine. She's learning mine. Okay. Mm. Now, if you're teaching her yeah. yourself, I got to let you know you're making a mistake. I didn't teach her mine. They picked she that picked one up. up. Yeah. yeah. And no, she says when you want to take something away from her or when you say it to her, she says it back to you mm-hmm. in a very snooty way. And nobody oh, told an me. attitude. Are you That's raising good. a snooty daughter? Is yes. it possible? I didn't think so, but apparently nobody told me two is a lot like 13 and 14. Mm. No one tells you anything until you're in the midst of it. They all say, oh, this is so exciting. You're going to love being a parent. Then you have your baby and they all start laughing and laughing. I'm glad I get to be in on these conversations now. Yeah. That's right. Before I have my own. It'll prepare you for no, George. the yeah. way. George, you have my number. Call me before you make any major decisions. <laughs> I'll give you the inside scoop. Just reality. It's all yeah, good. That's what I need. It's a different definition reality of good check. than yeah. the media would have you believe. Yes. Yeah, yeah we like that's talking about Anna Sophia. We, we don't do. usually get much airtime for her because we yeah. have this thing about focus and being working matters. But whenever the uh, mics go off, she is the subject, isn't she? Of course. Okay, so what, we did want to do one helpful thing on our 100th we did. anniversary. We did. Before well, we go. I guess it's not an anniversary, is it? No. Our 100th episode. And that gives people some super helpful tips about how to look like you're working when you're not. Because this is a very important skill to have because you do have, shall we say, less than competent bosses who are only looking for a superficial form of busyness and attentiveness to what you're doing that to convince them that you're not wasting company time. Well, and apparently for George, you have some other employees looking over your shoulder too. George, no. I'm You've glad got you, Gestapo. I'm really glad you brought this topic up when I'm able to speak because I'm a master. <laughs> oh, I am a ninja you sit with the master himself. A ninja. I am a ninja at this. Ninja. Well, tell us then, George. Tell some us, of your tips. Tell us a good one. I'll tell you what isn't a good one. Let me start oh, by oh. saying what okay. isn't. Good. Okay. Staring at a piece of paper while you're sleeping. Is not a good way it's to not pretend. A good one. Yeah. Oh. So if you've tried this, this is not going to work for you. This will not work for you. Looking at your computer and snoring yes. is not snoring. a good way to do Now, is this from one. some personal experience? Yes, recent personal experience. Uh-huh. Oh, dear. But not your own personal no, experience. No, I don't, I don't sleep at work. No. Uh-huh. But you have known others who may. But it's a good Maybe one. Others. You know, we chuckle, we laugh, but I'll have you know that most snorers are in denial about them snoring. So they actually... <laughs> 
don't believe it's happening, and they think that they are just getting a little space and a little rest, and um, it's almost impossible to help them with this useful information that um, actually you're making a very loud attention getting noise. Yeah, and I work as in you a, work at the computer. I work in a tight ship. You know, it's almost a submarine type environment. We're all in a in a pretty small space. So if mm. someone's snoring there becomes a very strange uncomfortableness in the room <laughs> because nobody wants to state the obvious that there's a guy snoring next to you. Yeah. George, you got to come up with different ways to wake him up. That's right. You need little yeah. things that are easy or to her. toss in that direction. Or, or her. her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, is that gum in your hair? Why don't you just start going, Progressively turn the radio up louder until something works. Yeah, yeah. it's not, not a good way to do it. Yeah, no, isn't it interesting, though, that um, you work with computers and have access to all the information all over the world all of the time, that the corollary to that is that you don't need any physical space in your own work area, yeah. and you're all jammed together in that tight little quarters. Yeah. Well, let's bring us back to this topic, George. Well, I would say, uh, from just from my personal experience, is to learn the fine art of Alt-Tab and to be able to master this with a ninja-like stroke. So if you're looking at the the motorcycle or guitar forums online and your boss happens to walk in just the room in case. with just, just a case. flick of the wrist, you're looking at a spreadsheet. <laughs> That's good. Does the screen change that quickly, though? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it depends on your computer. None of this. Um, Mine is fairly fast. And your master-like ninja stroke. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I could do it with my eyes closed. Now, we aren't exactly being promoters of not working at work all the time, because that'll just get you fired. But for those days where you, or those moments you need a little mental space, this That's is right. the ticket. And you work in, you know, the surveillance. It's uh, very important master. to get some space. You can't concentrate that long. And you know there's no way you can get permission to like get up and take a little walk for a while. So what you do is you grab a few pieces of paper and then you go on your walk. And then it looks like you're going somewhere with something. <laughs> I like that. And you know, no one asks you what you're doing and it's just assumed you a little purposefulness about your step and you're set. You get your little a paper. A folder, space. maybe a folder. Folders are good too. Mm -hmm. And it's a bit mysterious, isn't it? It is mysterious. It's a bit mysterious. mysterious. Is he making copies <laughs> or is he turning these papers into somebody? Yes. Yeah. Does he have it's a little to bit have... of an aura of mystery? Yeah. Right. A work conversation across the hall. Who is he going to go see? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. So busy all of the time. I know. I mean, that's productive. Keep... And you're keeping yeah. yourself in there their eyes everyone else stays anonymous because they stay at their desk but you're out there and you're active so so you couldn't Promotion possibly time, be blatantly <laughs> misguiding everyone i mean no one would believe the truth no one would believe no well i think you could probably come up with some kind of mystery illness that is so embarrassing to talk about mm. that requires maybe frequent bathroom trips or trips outside mm. that no one actually ah. would ask you about and it's not like looking like you're working but it's some sort of personal Personal Good. space, you know, and yeah. I think any actually, but you have um, to get up suddenly. And you do have it. to get up suddenly and act on this. I think absolutely any disease slash illness of the intestinal variety yes. is so you know people are not going to ask about They're it yet. Legitimate, it. nobody yeah. wants to know. Yes, and That's you true. might recommend maybe IBS. As one of them, yeah. Irritable say. bowel syndrome. Yeah, let's say I have IBS. Wow, it took 100 episodes to say irritable, <laughs> irritable bowel, bowel syndrome. <laughs> now, I don't know if there's any homoerotic irritable bowel syndrome, but if there is, our next 100th episode, we then, will yeah. talk about. 
that is a real problem because then you have someone wanting to accompany you. Yeah. <laughs> but that's right. I think any disease in the intestinal variety could get you that a couple of breaks right of work. There. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I I do recommend also for any women who are listening who want to try this that absolutely a foolproof way to get out of work without anyone asking you any questions is just say women's issues. Mm. Just women's issues. Would that work for a man as well to it, say I'm having could. women issues? Yeah, I mean if you're willing <laughs> to then, you know, go with the story of mm-hmm. the sex change in Canada and things like that, but that may be going too far. That may create other issues for Are there male issues? Is there any any male you know, issue that there might probably work? are, but yeah. you know, you don't want to, you know. Yeah. You don't want to stretch the lies too far. That's true. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you're in a certain age bracket and you talk about the elusive prostate, mm. then perhaps. I think prostrate, I'll, sorry, prostrate. I think no, I'll prostate. No, prostate, prostate. <laughs> I think I'm thinking. Of I'll, course, if you get the word wrong, there goes the whole charade. <laughs> Look up the word before you go before with the lies. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, personally, I'm going to stick to diarrhea. I diarrhea, think that's a good yeah. One. Nice yeah. and no, simple. IBS. 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 Okay. There IBS. you go. Mm-hmm. Chronic IBS. Or just being on hold with somebody. Point That's to the right, phone. The like you can't, phone. Mm, I'm, I'm on, on hold. hold. <laughs> you mouth, I'm on hold. That's, That's right. an excellent one. Yeah. I like that oh, one. Yeah. yeah. I, that one could be used quite <laughs> quite well. You know, it would be a well, great well. business is to just have a phone line people can call yeah. that would just give you the on hold music and no one else yes. would ever pick up. And then you can just put it on speakerphone. Oh, and then you George. can just sit there staring at the phone. What if we do this? While what the if classical we music this? is on. Well, at the, edit this out of the po- For podcast so nobody fee. steals our idea. Right. Yeah. For a small <laughs> subscription fee is even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Punch in the, the five number code and you've got on hold music all okay, day long. George, why don't you play us a sample of the music maybe that some, could go on there? Maybe some Billy Joel yeah. or something. Well, I wish I could. We have a little bit of a technical difficulty adding songs to our... Uh, podcast oh, while we're, uh, while well, we're recording well, really? yeah. well, maybe you could insert a certain a little under actually as i speak right now it's coming in right now it is yes. yeah so just imagine it yeah, yeah i'm mm. imagining it maybe but some, you know what i'm talking kenny about g, right? maybe some kenny g no i'm talking about a certain podcast themed music oh. with a little attitude <laughs> with a little attitude <laughs> i know what you're talking about <laughs> and we will listen to it uh, over our voices soon yeah. it's on right now it is yes it is. it's good i'm I'm rolling. I'm swaying. I'm with definitely it. soothing. Yeah. yeah, I'm imagining some <laughs> pimps too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the hold music has definitely been my favorite. The whole I'm on hold has been my favorite. I like that. I yeah. like the hold music. That's of course, good. when it's just us working together, that's going to be a hard one to pull off. I know. I'm not sure we can pull any Carl, of these off on each other. I'm on hold. I'm on hold <laughs> with a well, client. George. I've leaned over several times to see what George is doing on the computer, and he's got that alt thing down so quick, I can't, I know he I can't yeah. see what he's really doing right now. I actually have a foot pedal that controls it now, so you can't oh, even see. Yeah. That's even better. <gasps> That's Can you bring that up? That's next invention. Yeah, of course, a USB foot pedal. Oh, that does. my gosh, a USB Does that exist? Foot pedal. No, maybe I should make one. Yes, uh-huh. yeah. yes, yes. Rosas, mm-hmm. the Rosas pedal. Just, it, you know what your logo could be, a rose. Ah, yes, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. very good. Because for those of our listeners who don't speak Spanish, roses means roses hmm. in the plural. <laughs> it's hard to make that connection, but now that we've made it for them. Now, now that you've know. made it, it yeah. seems obvious. Well, and we they... can't forget to thank George's lovely wife who lets us invade her space every 
podcast time. Oh, that's for sure. We'll mention her name, Sarah, to thank her for letting us invade her space. And give her a reason to go shopping every take Saturday over morning. this right. place. Yeah. And my husband, Jeremy, who likes to take care of our daughters while I, just one daughter, sorry, do the podcast. That's right. Anyone that's you need right. to thank, Carl? Well, I should thank my wife, Sherry, who I just disappear on because I do my little commute over here and... My kids are the age where we are effectively not much more than taxi drivers. and um, An ATM? An ATM. Yes, yes. But there's no um, pin code they have to punch in. It's just a, where is it? I need it. I had, I had that note for me this morning when I came out. Where's my allowance? You had a note that said, where's my allowance? Well, it was more kindly stated than that because <laughs> I love you, Daddy. She's actually a very good communicator and can is at the age where she can distinguish between words that facilitate getting what you want and words that kind of work against it. So, no, they're great people. Well, we've had a yep. lot of fun on our podcast, and we certainly hope it's been helpful to our listeners. No, we don't. This was our hundredth episode. <laughs> no, I meant the podcast in the past. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> the ones there. We you go. Seriously, <laughs> we, hope, we hope we haven't unraveled all of our all productive of advice. Yeah. We might have past. to let someone listen to this and advise whether it goes online or not. But it has been fun to celebrate together. Yep. We sure enjoy what we do, and. We know it's good stuff and we know it works. So we hope you are too and that you're part of the community. And um, this next year, we're really going to do a lot of work to grow the community so that the conversation moves just, you know, from our conversation recorded that you take with you and listen to alone to somewhere you you can engage with us back online and really get that going so that we're in conversation on the blog, you know, talking about these things with each other and taking these topics you know, further and getting into some real complicated issues that you're facing. Oh, and thanks, George, for joining us. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And George is usually behind the microphone. He's our producer. He's the one that makes us sound so good. He does. If we sound good. There's only so much he can do with the raw talent. The raw (laughs) talent that we bring. That's a good way to put it. Yes, that's right. So, as always, we invite you to join us on the blog at boldenterprises.com. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Gold Enterprises production. 